0: Thanks for tuning into this week's podcast. If you'd like to know more about our ministry, you can check us out on the web at hillsideassembly.org. You're about to hear a message from our current message series, and I hope you open your heart and mind to hear a word from God today. Lord, we just thank you for this time of worship. Lord, as we enter into the time of your word, uh, God, encouragement. Lord, we pray that our hearts will be ready to receive what you want to speak to us. In Jesus' name, amen. You can have a seat this morning. Uh, I think Jeb and Miss Jackie have a word for us this morning. So let's hear what they have to say. It's
1: Jive Time with Jeb. Woo, man, that was some great worship. Great job, worship team. Mr. Thank
2: Robbie. You. They did an amazing job, didn't they? Oh, I know. I was shoot, scooting, and boogieing. Were you, Miss Jackie? I was, yes, sir. Oh, man. Look at all these good-looking people here at Hillside today. They are looking good, ready to learn about Jesus. And hey, they were worshiping like you do with your boots. Scoot, Scoot, shoot, and boogieing. I'm so proud of you all. So if you're excited to be at Hillside today, let's give an amen. They can a little bit louder. Oh, you think they can be a little I louder? I think they can. All right, I'm going to count to three. Let's hear a good amen. One, two, three. Amen. Woohoo. Well, good job, guys. Good job. Well, Pastor Eric asked Miss Jackie and me to just recap where we were last week. Do, do you remember last week what we talked about, Miss Jackie? Oh, I thought you were going to ask me where we were because we were out in the parking lot we last week. We were out in the yes, parking lot sorry. last week yes but they what we were all talking about jesus and the disciples
0: we were talking about jesus
2: and the disciples and i think they were talking about you know the disciples didn't really do what they were supposed to they kind of fell asleep that is right there were nine disciples and they weren't praying like they should <laughs> they were not they weren't talking to god and, and making sure they were ready for opportunities and when an opportunity came they missed it. They were asleep at the wheel. Yes, they were asleep at the wheel. That's right. That is what Pastor... Jackie. Well, now, Pastor Eric told you what the name of his sermon was this week. Do you remember what it is, Miss Jackie? It is, Who's the Greatest? <gasps> Who is the greatest? You know, like... What's that mean? You know, so sometimes kids are like, my, my dad's the strongest. Who's the biggest? Who's the best? But this was about the disciples. The disciples were arguing about who was the greatest? Yep. That doesn't seem like something Jesus would even talk about. Nope. Wow, so I think we better get into this scripture today and hear what Pastor has to say. Hillside Assembly, are you ready for the Word of God? Woohoo! Let's do it! Let's go!
0: Well, thanks, Jeb and Miss Jackie. Jeb will be have a special guest with him next week for service. Chris Kafer and Jeb are going to be talking about the shoes of the gospel setting up our service for Tom Barg. So that'll be great. I do want to just uh, acknowledge a few people this morning, uh, Herculean effort to move services inside all the things that we're doing. We're not quite done with all the, the little bells and whistles for services yet, but uh, to Jeff and the Bruss family. Uh, man, you guys, we we could not have made it through this season without you guys and been as successful and effective as we have. So can we give it up for those guys, their hearts and serving and long hours. And uh, boy, I'll tell you, Louie and Joey were running around this place and working their tails off the last few days and greatly appreciate them. Well, hey, we're in a message series called Just Like the Disciples. No, no that's not right. That's not right. Just like Jesus. We want to do ministry and life just like Jesus. But there are some great examples that the disciples show us. In fact, a lot of times the disciples show us what we shouldn't be doing. Uh, and we can learn from those examples so we don't make the same failures in our spiritual journey. And so we're going to look at one of those areas today. Today's message is titled, Who is the Greatest? Um, that's a big question, isn't it? Who's the greatest? It's something that we probably ask uh, that question in a couple different ways uh, about several different things in our life and in our culture. So I thought it would be fun to just mention a few of those today. So when we think about who's the greatest, who is the greatest on the basketball court? Is it Michael Jordan uh, or LeBron James? Which, Which one of those guys is it? (laughs) All sorts of other names get popped up. And it's interesting because if you were around, I think this is a generational thing, because if you were around and watched Michael Jordan play ball, there was was nothing like it up to that point. I mean, he was doing things that no one had ever done on the court. But if you weren't around for that and you've never seen Michael Jordan play live, but you've watched basketball today, you might think LeBron might be because he's kind of one of the best players today. And so there's there's that. And then how do you how do you decide who's the greatest? Is it is it points scored? Is it championships? And if it's championships, isn't it then a team and, and not a single player? So it's it's hard to, to kind of put that into, into place. And let's let's look at that in another perspective. So when you think about who's the best on the track, obviously this question is probably geared more towards me, uh, being a little bit of a race fanatic. But who's the best driver of all time? Well, Michael Schumacher or Lewis Hamilton? Um, Both seven-time world champions, seven times world champions. But is the championship about the driver or is it about the car? So hard questions there. But let's make it. Let's do some easier ones that we can interact with. So who is who is the best when it comes to wearing the red and the blue? I'm talking about Superman and Spider-Man, all right? So if you think Superman is the, is the best character, let's, let's raise the hand. A couple Superman fans. All right, who thinks Spider-Man is the character? All right, so I see a generational gap here as well. Uh, we'll leave that for another thing. How about, how about the greatest cartoon of all time? Is it the Flintstones or is it Scooby-Doo? Flintstone fans. Oh, Scooby Doo. Oh, see, we're divided again. All right, maybe maybe the deepest theological question we're gonna ask today, all right? Who's the best truck manufacturer? Is it Chevy or Ford? Don't raise your hands. This will split the church. We're, we're gonna move on. We'll move on. But the question of who's the greatest can kind of be a loaded question. Uh, it's a discussion that the disciples were having in the scripture we're going to look at today, and that's found in Mark chapter 9, verses 33 through 37. I'm going to be reading from the New Living Translation today, but you can follow along with whatever version that you have today. And this is not working, so let's go in there, and I'm going to use this. Are we on? Okay, here we go. Jesus is still in the house, and we're learning how to be flexible. So we're going to start in verse 33 today. After they arrived at Capernaum, And settled in a house, Jesus asked his disciples, What were you discussing on the road? But they didn't answer because they had been arguing about which of them was the greatest. He sat down and called the 12 disciples over to him. Now, I love Jesus because he uses every situation, every circumstance as a teachable moment. And I want you to know in your life, whether you're in a moment of victory or a moment of failure, Jesus can use that moment in your life as a teachable moment to speak into your life and transform the way that you think and the way that you act. So let's pick up right there. He sat down and called the 12 disciples over to him and said, Whoever wants to be first must, make, must take last place and be the servant to everyone else. Then he put a, a little child among them. Taking the child in his arms, he said to them, Anyone who welcomes a little child like this on my behalf welcomes me, and anyone who welcomes me welcomes not only me, but also my Father who sent me. So let's put this passage into, into the context of where, what we know from last week. Last week we saw nine of the disciples, they got called out. They weren't prepared. They were asleep at the wheel, not prepared for the opportunity that would come Directly to them, right in front of them. They were ignoring, ignoring their personal prayer life. They were spiritually empty. Unable to help a father and son who desperately needed freedom in Christ. But instead of helping them and being prepared to help them, they were fighting with the cultural leaders of the day. And Jesus intervened and stepped in. And now Jesus catches them arguing about which one of us is the greatest. Now, we're not exactly sure what they're talking about, but I'm pretty sure they weren't talking about who's the greatest in tiddlywinks. I got a feeling that they were talking about who's the greatest disciple, who's the best follower of Jesus. What a weird conversation to have. They must have been competitive, this bunch of disciples, this bunch of men that were following Jesus. And I, I think we can kind of glean that from other scriptures where we see them interacting. They were a competitive bunch. And I bet there are some competitive people in God's house today. I bet there are. I bet some of you would admit you're a competitive person just right off the bat. Congratulations for you because you're telling the truth. Uh, So good job. Some of us are competitive, but we would say that we're not competitive. And to you, we've got to grow a little bit because you might be fooling yourself there a a little bit. Then there's the group that says, I'm absolutely not competitive. And I do have a word for you today. You might be living in denial. You might be living in denial, because I think the truth is, is that every single person sitting here today or watching online, the fact is, is we are competitive. We are competitive, and we're going to see that laid out for us. Let's talk about the first point today, and that's this, the race you didn't even know you were running. Most of the time when we sign up for some type of competition, we know that we're involved in it, but sometimes in life, we get involved in things and races and competitions that we didn't even know we were signing up for. We, we all ask the question or a form of the question that the disciples asked, who is the greatest? Because see, he, everyone here is on a track. You're lined up for a race and the track is called life. It has a starting point and it has a finishing point. And here's the thing, none of us, decide when we start the race, and we're not supposed to decide when we end the race. We're doing this thing called life. We didn't even decide what track we would be put on. We didn't decide who our parents would be. Riley didn't get to have that choice 16 years ago. Somebody else made that decision. His name was Jesus. And sometimes in life, there are things that we face, situations and circumstances that are outside of our control. Stuff happens to us that we we can't We have no power over, but we're on that track. And somehow in God's infinite wisdom, he chose that track for you. So what do we do? How do we in the race track of life as we're going around, as we're making laps on this track, how do we begin to evaluate how we're doing at our race? How am I doing living life? How am I managing the tires of my life? How am I taking the the corners of life? Is my track time, is my pace good? Am I where I'm supposed to be on the track? How do we begin to decipher that and evaluate our performance in life? The truth is, is we all evaluate, and most of the times we evaluate ourselves based on someone else's race. We look at how someone else is is racing in life and we evaluate ourselves by it. Perhaps a better way of framing the question this morning is not who is the greatest, but, but I believe it's the same heart issue. It's, it's the question, am I good blank? Am I a good blank? Am I a good mom or dad? Am I a good son or daughter? Am I a good employee? Am I a good neighbor, a good spouse? Is our family good? Are we we interacting as a family? Like, is is this good? Is this what family should be? Am I a good? Here's a big one. Am I a good Christian? Am I a good follower of Jesus? Here's one from my personal question list. Am I a good pastor? Am I a good shepherd? How do we evaluate that? We do it without even thinking. We, we begin to look at other people. And in, in our minds, we look at them and go, we, we do justification. We, we look over and go, well, I may not be as good in life as so-and-so, but at least I'm better than this guy. At least I'm doing better than this person over here. And, 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 we, and we take all this in, and I think without even thinking about it, we, we judge ourselves based on someone else's race. There is a passage of scripture in Galatians chapter 5, verses 6 through 8. I believe we have that for you today. And I just want to read this to you because it's not a problem that the church just has to deal with today. It's a generational problem that went on from the very beginning of the church where we were judging our race based on others. Galatians chapter 5, verses 6 through 8. And this is Paul trying to address a problem in the church. Starting in verse 6. For when we place our faith in Christ Jesus, there is no benefit in being circumcised or not being or being uncircumcised. What is important is faith expressing itself in love. You are running a race so well. you are doing so well on your racetrack. Who has held you back from following the truth? It certainly isn't God. For he is the one who called you to freedom. He's the one that's calling you to run the race of your life. Paul's addressing a problem in the church. There's this argument that's broken out about whether people who are circumcised are better and better followers of Jesus than people who are uncircumcised. It's one group saying we're better than this group by what we're doing on the track. And Paul's trying to address this and go, you guys are doing it all wrong. This has nothing to do. You're off mission. You've lost yourself. You're judging yourself on the wrong criteria. It's not the right race to be running, which brings us to point two. Let's talk about the race you and I should be running. What Paul and Jesus are trying to tell us is you can't judge your place in life or your place on the track based on someone else. You're not. That, that's that's. That's craziness, really, when you put it in perspective of the gospel. You can't compare yourself to others because here is the thing. You're not on the same track as somebody else. I can't find out if I am a good pastor or a good shepherd based on watching someone else and how they pastor their church. Because they're not the pastor here and I'm not the pastor there. Ashlyn, you're a college student. You cannot judge your college career based on how someone else is doing their college career. Because your life is your life. See, we could swap shoes this morning, but these are the tires God gave me for my race. Those are the tires God gave you. We're not competing against each other. You cannot run the race on my track. It's mine. It was given to me by God, and I can't run on yours. Robbie, I can't run your race. I can't sit down to this piano and lead worship outside of divine intervention. I'm not going to rule that out because God can do some pretty amazing things that could happen someday, but I doubt it. I'm not competing with Robbie, and Robbie cannot judge his life based on my performance. You can't judge how you're doing in life based on someone else's track you'll see these, these are the tracks we, we picked. We just picked three random tracks there. All three are different. Do you know what would happen if I'm, if I'm trying to run my race on my track, but I'm looking at somebody else and trying to, to figure out if I'm doing well. So I go, okay, if they turn right, I turn right. If they turn left, I'll turn left. The problem is, is the tracks are different. So you're going to run yourself right off the road, and that's what we do all the time spiritually inside ourselves, and in other aspects of our life, we drive right off the track because we're so caught up trying to figure out how we're supposed to do things based off what someone else tells us. We've got to figure out how to evaluate our life on the track. See, the, life, the, life, or the lap time in life is not set by someone else. It's set by one and one alone. His name is Jesus. Jesus. Verse 35 today said this, whoever wants to be first must take last place and be the servant to everyone else. There is only one person who has ever walked the face of this planet that lives that out 100% of the time, and his name is Jesus. He's the one who has set the time and the lap speed. He's the one that knows every single corner and how to take it the best way possible. He's the one that we should be looking at. He's the standard by which we judge our race. Am I doing well? We need to turn to Jesus. Am, am, am I doing well in my marriage? Am I doing well in my family? Am I doing well even following Jesus? Am I doing well at my our job? We've got to ask Jesus. We've got to communicate with Jesus. Open up his word and look at the standard. Look at the lap time. Look at what God is calling you to do in your life in this moment. Too often we try to fight every single battle in our life at the same time. And you know what that does? It, we get exhausted, we're wore out, we pass out. And you know what? We never make any headway. We run ourselves right into the wall. We gotta, we, daily we should be asking Jesus, what is it you're wanting to do in and through me today? What is it today you have for me, God? Because God is willing to speak. We're not racing others, and the truth is is we're not racing Jesus because we're never going to be Jesus. Let's just be honest. You're never going to get your track 100% correct. That doesn't mean that we should not try to improve how we're running our race, how we should improve our, our lap times. But what we should be doing is figuring out, God, how can I be better? We're racing the clock because there's a clock that's going every single day. And eventually, that clock is going to hit zero. I don't know when it ends for you. I don't know when it ends for me. But I want to keep getting better at running the laps on my track. Every day is an opportunity to be a better person, a better follower of Jesus, a better witness, a better husband, a better father, a better child, a better employee. Jesus is calling us to run the race. So what's the point? This is the third point in our message. And the. It's the point. What's the point of all this today? What are we to take away? How are we supposed to respond to this? When the disciples were discussing who is the greatest, here was Jesus' response, and we're just going to give it to you once again. Mark chapter 9, starting in verse 35. Whoever wants to be first must take last place and be the servant to everyone else. But you can't leave this out of context because verse 36 and 37 tell you how to do it. Then he put a little child among them, Taking the child in his arms, he said to them, anyone who welcomes a little child like this on my behalf welcomes me. And anyone who welcomes me welcomes not only me, but also my father who sent me. The point is this. It's serving others and bringing people to Jesus. That's the point. That's the purpose of the race. It's serving people. And bringing people to Christ. That's why we're on the track. That's what the race is. Paul said this in 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verses 23 through 25. I do everything to spread the good news and share in its blessing. Don't you realize that in a race everyone runs, but only one person gets the prize. So run to win. All athletes are disciplined in their training. They do it to win a prize that will fade away, but we do it for the prize of eternal life. I not only want to finish my race well, I want to finish with others. There's a clock. At the end of that clock, because of the choice we make whether to follow Jesus or not, we will face eternity in one of two places, heaven or hell. That's a big question. That's a question worth asking. That's a question that the disciples should be asking. I know I have a personal relationship with Jesus. I'm going to end my race well. I want you to end your race well. But you know what I want also? I want to take as many people with me in Ripon and in these surrounding communities to the next level. When we're gone from this earthly pain and we end up in heaven, I want to see the people that we helped bring to Jesus and to have a personal relationship with Christ. That is what this is about. Worship team, if you would come back. There's a video I'd like you guys to see, because I think it sets the tone about what a servant's heart really is. There's so many great opportunities ahead of us church we need to be ready to serve those who god has right in front of us it's so important that daily we're asking the questions god where can i serve today who can i serve today And jesus what do you want to do in and through me today and to expect to hear god respond The question that we often ask in churches, people come to me all the time, where can I serve in the church? And there are places to serve in the church. That's not the question. The question is, is where can I be the church in our community? Where can I serve out there where people can see Jesus? Because that's how we change lives. And there are opportunities, they abound. This last week, I helped uh, a woman with her groceries at Webster's, put them in her car. I just went up to her, asked her if I could help her, finished loading her car. I said, I just want to let you know that Jesus loves you. That's it. Simple. A couple weeks ago, I was at, after church, drive-in church, I was at Subway. And I built a pretty good relationship with several of the employees at, at Subway, and some of them listened to our messages. So, Michelle, good morning. It's great that you're on with us. Um... But I was there, and I'm in line, and I I just, I knew God was telling me, buy this lady's lunch that's in front of you. So when she went to go check out, I said, I'd like to buy this lady's lunch. This lady looked at me like I was crazy. She looked at me and said, sir, why would you buy my lunch? I said, because Jesus asked me to buy your lunch. She began to get emotional. And she said, I've always heard about these kind of stories, but I've never experienced them. And here they are in front of all these employees, and these employees start talking about our church and the impact we're making in our community. Come on. You can do the same thing. We can make a difference, church, and we can help people find Jesus. So I want to pray this morning. I want to pray first for salvation, and then I want to pray for us as a church. If you're here this morning or watching online, you don't have a relationship with Jesus. It will change your life forever. I want to pray with you. Lord, I'm a sinner in need of a Savior. And a sinner means I'm not perfect. And we are all sinners in need of a Savior. Just not one time, but every day we need a Savior in our life. Lord, we step out in faith this morning. We say that, Jesus, we believe that you came, that you died, and that you rose again so that I can have a relationship with you and a relationship with God the Father. Lord, change my life. Transform me. Help me to begin to follow you and and speak to me. I want to be on this adventure that you have for me. I want to be on the track you have for me, and I want to race well. In Jesus' name. Amen. If you've made that decision today, you're here in person, please let one of our leaders know. Mr. Joe is in the foyer. Uh, You can find me or my wife after service. We'd love to know. Uh, We'd love to give you a gift. And if you're online, let us know in the chat or reach out to us at hillsideassembly.org. I'm going to ask my wife if she'll join me on stage. She didn't know I was going to do this. But we want to pray for you. my wife and I have both said, this last year has been the greatest year of ministry we've ever seen. And God is now starting our church on a new cycle, a new beginning, and greater things are yet to come. The greatest thing of all is there are more salvations to come in this city and in our communities that surround us. Church, if you feel comfortable, would you stand to your feet? Because we want to pray over you. It is our privilege to be your shepherd. And I am so thrilled and excited for where God is going to take us as we serve this community. And as we show them who our Savior is. God, we give you all praise, glory, and honor this morning. God, you have set us on a track. Lord, as individuals, we have individual races that we're running in life. Lord, you speak to us and you share with us and you, you move in our life. Thank you for the Holy Spirit and his conviction it brings to show us how we can race better, how we can do the lap better tomorrow than we raced today. Thank you for your grace that's applied to our life. When we spin out, fall off the track or blow out our tires, that your grace is there to cover us and get us back on the track. God, we're also on a track as a church. And maybe in the past we were distracted by a lot of things, but no more. Our church longs to serve our King and to serve this community and to share the gospel effectively. We give you praise, glory, and honor. Lord, help us to be the church you're calling us to be. Church, if you agree with that, would you say amen this morning? God is moving in great ways. One of the things that we're doing as a church is moving our main worship to the end of our services, and there's a reason for that. Too often, when we've done church services in the past, we end, we ask for a quick response, altar call, or people raise their hands, we pray. What's the next thing we do? We go right out the door and we never think about it again. But we've moved worship to the end so that we have an opportunity to reflect on what God spoke to us each and every week. Don't leave this place the same. During this worship time, ask God, Lord, what are you speaking to me about serving? What are you speaking to me about how I'm running my race? Allow that to to just permeate in your heart and your mind, giving God an opportunity to show you something more, how to apply this message in your personal life. Are you ready to worship, church? Robbie, worship team, would you lead and close us out in our service today?
1: Take my life and let it be consecrated, Lord, to Thee. Take my Take my feet. Take my will and make it thine, it shall.
3: sing the song who you say i am who
1: am i that the highest king would welcome and i was lost but he brought me in oh his love for me oh his love for me who the Son. a slave to sin jesus Jesus died died for for me. me yes he died Father's house. There's a place for me. I'm a child of God. Yes, I am. I am chosen. I am chosen. Not Not forsaken, and I am who you say I am. You are for.
3: that we are your child, that we belong to you, sing
1: I am chosen, I am chosen, not forsaken, I am who you say I am, you are for me, not against me, I am who you say I am, chosen, not forsaken. The sun sets free, oh, it's free.
3: if you're thankful to be a child of god give him an offering of praise right now Hallelujah. Hallelujah. lord i pray that you would remind us throughout this week that we face that we are your child you have saved us you have brought life and joy and hope and peace to our lives lord i pray that we We become great. And that's becoming great by serving others. God, teach us to be a servant this week. God, as we go our separate ways, remind us each day to start our day in worship and praise to you. God, we worship you not just with our voice, but with our life and the way that we live, in our families, in our schools, at our jobs. God, may we glorify and honor you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. God bless you. Have a great week.